Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. And this week, we're sitting down and chatting with the Black Alation, Daniel White, uh, who's a man from North Carolina who just finished hiking the entire Appalachian Trail. And what makes his story even like, first of all, hiking the Appalachian Trail, it's such a huge accomplishment. It's one that I try to wrap my head around and just like I've, I think I've said in the past five months or longer of waking up and walking the whole entire day. It sounds it sounds just like an incredible experience, one that most people in the United States will never even come close to even having, let alone even imagining, you know. Um, so he got done hiking the Appalachian Trail, which is a huge accomplishment. Uh, but he also did it with little to no knowledge of through hiking, hiking, camping, any of that stuff before he went in. So uh, I heard about Daniel on the trek.co. Um, they did an article with him entitled The First Gold Mouth Rapper to Through Hike the Appalachian Trail. And right now, you should automatically stop what you're doing. Read the article. Uh, it was really inspiring to me because I think just the extreme bravery it takes when no one you really, none of your friends, none of your family, none of your community, people around you really, you know, when, when they don't necessarily hike or they don't necessarily go out into the wilderness and the extreme bravery it takes for you to be like, no, nah, you know what? This is something I want to pursue. It's inspiring. And just someone who's willing to, you know, kind of be uncomfortable, put themselves in, un in an uncomfortable circumstance and kind of step off the beaten path, uh, and just learn about themselves through through this new experience. That is honestly, when I started this podcast, that's the stories I wanted to share. These are the kind of stories that really capture my ma imagination and really inspire me to go after some of, you know, when you have, sometimes you have goals that you don't even speak out loud because they sound so crazy <laughs> or it's just something that, you know, that just might be like your friend group. They might, they might not, none of them might do that goal. Like none of them might not pursue that activity, but it might be something that you want to go after. And it, and it takes true bravery. So Daniel's awesome. Um, go check out his YouTube page. It's the black elation and you can see pretty much his entire journey on the Appalachian Trail. He pretty much puts a video online for every single day. And so it's awesome. Um, it kind of transports you to the trail and you get a get the opportunity to follow along. So check that out. He's also on Instagram at the Black Alation. I'll put all of these links at the bottom of uh, the page in the show notes here. So Make sure you look at him. Make sure you click on him. Follow him on Instagram. He has a lot of big dreams for the future. And, you know, you can always go back and check out all of his posts from the trail itself. All right, guys, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to check out all of our other episodes. You can find them on iTunes or anywhere else you find podcasts. Um, leave us a review. It's the holiday season. Leave us a review for the holidays. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, if you like this one, there's a few I think you might enjoy checking out. The ones about through hiking, and I'm trying to scroll through these really quick, uh, was the last one we did was number 58 with Jennifer Mavis, the whimsical woman who's preparing to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. And she's going to start hiking um, sometime in 2018, probably March or April. And we'll catch back up with her then. And then the other one that I think you guys would be really interested in if you're like a through hiking nerd and you just love this stuff, um, number 27 with Sean Forey. He and one of his friends were the first people to ever uh, complete a winter through hike of the Pacific Crest Trail. So 
All of them are awesome. This episode is great. I just love stories from the Appalachian Trail, from the AT, and talking to someone who just literally had no experience going in and what he learned along the way and how he changed and, and you know, when did he realize he was a true hiker and all that fun stuff. Uh, and what, you know, someone who hasn't experienced a lot of the wilderness, like how, how did that feel when, when you first get that wilderness experience or the first night you're camping under the stars in the middle of the woods? Like, how does that feel, you know? So anyways, that's kind of stuff we get into this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. And we'll be back each and every week with with a new episode, new guests um, to inspire you and push you towards your own goals, especially as we're entering a brand new year and we all are reevaluating 2017 and reevaluating what we want to accomplish in 2018. All right, guys, enjoy the episode. This is Like a Bigfoot number 73 with the Black Alation, Daniel White. And I've just been kind of, since I came home from the trail, things have been kind of moving in a different direction. Just been, uh, just opportunities open up, and I'm not just sure when I can just, like, devote the time to it. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I would definitely love to get out there and try to get my triple crown uh, sooner or later. Yeah, definitely. Which one, uh, you know, which one's supposed to be the most challenging one? Uh, they say the CDT because it's not totally finished. Uh, it's a lot of road, road walking, and uh, you got to be more, I guess, sufficient with a compass and and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so I would think the CDT probably is the hardest. Yeah. As that's far as just like navigation. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of the Appalachian Trail is they have the markings on all the trees, and you know, like, did you ever find like that you were getting lost at any point? Uh, some, some spots, um, but that was just because like most times, like you, you just get moving and you probably just not paying attention Yeah. and, uh, <laughs> or, or sometimes they change the trail, uh, you know, they change the trail and you can see where the trail used to go. And it looks like people, you know, sometimes people will walk the exact same way you walk and it's got, it kind of wears it like a false trail almost. So you get to walking and you look up and you're like, Oh, whoa, hold up. <laughs> When you get to like going over trees, too many trees and stuff like that, you're like, yeah, I might be in the wrong area. Yeah, yeah, that's that awesome, man. But cool. Do you wanna do you wanna get into the podcast? Yeah, let's go. All right, sweet. All right, um, I want to welcome Daniel White to the podcast today. Uh, I recently read an article about Daniel on the Trek. Uh, is it the Trek dot com? I think it's the Trek dot co. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was kind of confused by that, but but yeah, man, love the article. It was awesome and and it was it was very inspiring because you know, I feel like one of the most brave things you can do is setting out on your own and kind of doing something that you know, the people around you and the people you grew up with don't necessarily do, you know? Like kind of that contrarian spirit. So, congrats, man. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Do you kind of want to get into your story a little bit? Um, I know you, it, like I said, read the article because it's great. But, uh, but yeah, do you want to kind of get into your background and what led you to the Appalachian Trail? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, well, it was just one of them things. Uh, you know, when you, when you're just going through the nine to five, just the daily grind. You, you at some point you should get sick of it. Um, and I was just getting just kind of fed up with it, just the daily rigmarole of everything. And uh, one day I just posted on online, uh, I wonder if I could survive in the woods. <laughs> so my cousin uh, replied and he's like, well, go hike the AT. Um, so I started looking it up. And, you know, I've always been a fan of like the survival shows, you know, the man versus wild and survival man, all that type of thing. Um, I wondered if I could always, I always wondered if I could do it. So I figured, you know, maybe that's it's the perfect time to do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. What uh, yeah, that's, that's was, what was it like? I mean, once you once you posted that and you said it, did you make up your mind, or was there anything that really spurred you to it afterwards? Uh, I kind of, well, once I, I I looked up like a couple YouTube videos like immediately, 
Um, yeah. And I, I think I watched one that said show the Appalachian Trail in like three minutes. I watched that one. I was like, oh, man, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, I guess I kind of made up my mind right then and there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Did it hit you like, oh, shit, this is going to take much longer than three minutes to do? Yeah, but you know, man, you, when you look at it on YouTube, it looks so glamorous, you know. So you don't, you don't really get the, the full view. Nobody shows you like climbing up the mountains. They don't show the rain or none of that. They, they show it, but not in like, they don't show the intense, the intensity of it. I guess you could say. Yeah, I watched one documentary about it once, where I think the guy was in New York, maybe. But the flies, like he was just filming himself swatting away flies and then it skipped ahead. It was like three weeks later and he was still doing that. And I was like, that would be hell. <laughs> I'd see. And I, I wish I would have watched those videos because I would have been a little bit better prepared because I definitely <laughs> ran into those guys. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they they did me pretty dirty for about a month straight. Um, just swatting flies just every day. Uh, the no seams and it's like, Mm, man, I, I went through every time I went through, I would I would pick me up a pair of nice sunglasses, some you know, something stylish, and rock them out back on the trail. And it was just like those were the only things to save me because if you didn't have on some kind of eye protection, oh, they're flying dead in your eye. Yeah, um, kamikaze style. <laughs> that sounds terrible, man. So yeah, so you survived that. You ended up surviving the whole entire trail. Um, but but I kind of want to hear about just your life growing up because like i said i think one of the bravest things is just completely stepping outside your comfort zone and at least from the article that i read it didn't it seems like your comfort zone growing up was definitely not heading out into the woods fighting flies and setting up a tent and sleeping under the stars oh no no well i mean you know um i grew up in Asheville, north carolina which is if anybody's ever been there it's surrounded by mountains you like down in the valley yeah. kind of um but you're you're still up in the mountains so it's 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 country it's a country setting but as far as like just being a wilderness guy camping and i never was into that um i kind of wanted to but it just never it, the opportunity i guess never presented itself or the circumstances wasn't right i, I grew up fishing uh with my family a lot um you know, that type of thing. But I guess that was my extent of wilderness. Um, so, I mean, where I come from, man, it's just uh, a lot of people, when they think about Asheville, they think about the Biltmore House. They think about the Grove Park Inn. It's nice. And, it, like, everybody I would talk to on trail or everybody I, that I've met um, throughout my life when I speak of Asheville, they oh, I love Asheville. It's so beautiful. It's like, yeah, it's beautiful. But it's also poverty there, too. Um, but being a tourist town, being the Biltmore House is the main draw for, uh, for tourism, and I grew up five minutes away from there. They're not going to show you the the poverty. They're not going to show you the bad news. You know, um, they're just going to show you the tourist part of it. So, I mean, growing up, I guess you could say just like any other uh, person of color, you're going to have your, your struggles, your daily struggles, and stuff like that that you got to go through just to um, make it through life. But I mean, I don't think I was raised like terribly you know because i grew up in a it was a single parent home but it was you know middle class lower yeah. middle class or upper middle class. I, I don't know how that how this classified nowadays the middle class is so topsy-turvy yeah <laughs> um, you know but you know just one of those things man I, I wasn't really like a wilderness guy but hey man you know just because you're born one way don't mean you got to end up that same way yeah man and i mean that's kind of what captured my imagination is just like just completely i don't know like you get everybody gets stuck in their own routines and their own like this is the things that i do and these are the things that my group of friends do and to be the guy that's willing to step like into your own path and you're able to kind of show other people like hey this is totally fine you know you can do what you dream of doing and you can actually go out and pursue it even if you don't have a background in it like that really that's really inspiring to me i mean but you know you kind of got to go for it because i mean what else you gonna do man uh yeah. i grew up with people man I, I i got a guy that i that i've been knowing a long time um he's never left Asheville, yeah. and 
when you put that type of stuff into perspective, a person that's over that's lived on this earth for over thirty years and never left their hometown, never been on a plane, never drove a car. When you put that type of stuff into perspective, it's like, man, what's going on? Um, so I mean, I've always been that one to kind of step out and do things a little bit different than my friends. I've always been that one to be like, hey man, something's not right here. Yeah. Um, maybe we should try this. You know, I've always been that one. So I guess this was just an extreme. I mean, just an extreme measure of, of that. <laughs> You know, but it's always been kind of my my essence. Yeah. Can you think of any uh, other examples of kind of defying uh, conventional wisdom growing up? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess defying conventional. Yeah. I guess I I could say I, I quit school in twelfth grade, which most people say, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Yeah. Um, but I feel like it was no point for me to be there. Um, I was set to graduate at sixteen, so. I was in 12th grade at 16, but I figured, man, why am I still here? Yeah. So I just decided to just forego that, go get my GED and keep moving. Um, and I think that was not the worst decision in the world because now when you look, a, a high school degree really doesn't mean as much as it used to before. Uh, hell, a college degree doesn't really mean as yeah. much as it used to before. So, I mean, yeah, it's just that, that type of thing, you know, listening to uh, everything that I've been taught growing up, man, a uh, diploma was like the, the end all be all almost, you know, so. Having experiences like you've had now, those, you learn from those experiences. You grow as you, as you put yourself in new situations. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So that's, I, that's the best experience to me. Teacher, for, I mean, you know, hands-on experience is the best experience, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, what was the learning curve like out on the trail? Like how much preparation did you do going into your Appalachian trail hike and how much just learning on the fly did you do? Uh, well, I mean, going in, I didn't really do too much preparation, but I watched YouTube, uh, <laughs> uh the best I can get from, from those guys, yeah. which, you know, um, shout out to early riser. Um, one of the guys that I watched, uh, all the way through, he gave me a lot of a lot of pointers, which he had a totally different style of hiking and, and doing things than I did, but um I was able to learn a lot from him. Um and as far as like actually physical, I went to uh right outside of Charlotte they have a, a mountain range, uh Crowder's uh mountain. It's like maybe two thousand feet, I think, at the most. I'm not even sure it's that high. Um, you know, it's just like really like a just a short loop. Um so I went out there for a few days. I hiked maybe four or five miles here and there. Got it up to about eight here and there. Then I did one day when I did like maybe 15 or 16 miles. And then once I did that, I was like, okay, I'm confident I can do sort of big miles if I if I hike all day. Yeah. Um. So that was my preparation going into it, you know. And once getting out there, oh, man, it was <laughs> you either learn or die. It was kind of either learn <laughs> or you go home. Yeah. Um, pretty quick because i mean the rain came in the second day i was there so it's like okay either you get used to this and learn how to adjust to it or you going home yeah um and just being out in the woods i, I never camped a day in my life um i didn't sleep in the tent until maybe three days before i left for the trail so i mean i just wasn't used to even setting up a tent sleeping out in the woods sleeping outside period and uh it was just a, 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 a it was yeah it was serious um yeah. But, you know, I was just determined to do it. And I think the the thing that most frightened me for the first week was probably the sound of owls. Like, I'm terrified of owls. Like, I wasn't worried about bears or nothing. I was worried about owls hooting above my tent. No so, way. You know, that was probably the scariest thing. Yeah. yeah. I caught a lot of crap for that, too. <laughs> you shouldn't have admitted that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just one of those things, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, So what was the first... You know, I, I'm just always like really captivated by like the first day of an Appalachian trail hike or a through hike. Like, I mean, I know that it has to be the excitement kind of drives you through it. But but what what was that like? Oh, man, let me see. Uh, I woke up around five. My brother stays in Atlanta, so I, I stayed with him the night before. And uh, him and his him and his girlfriend, they woke, woke up that morning. We drove out, left around about five thirty. Got to um, Amicalola Falls around about seven thirty, 
uh, took a couple pictures. They dropped me off, uh, and I was about to start walking. Like, I got the bubble guts just out of nowhere. So I had to stop and take my pack back off and everything, go in and take me a dump and everything. It's just my nerves was just, just like, shot. (laughs) Um, And I I started hiking. Once I got there, I was like, yeah, we really here now. And I picked up my phone. I didn't have any signal to even call my brother back to come and get me if I wanted to leave. If You know, it didn't matter. So I said, well, start hiking. And uh, I hiked to about maybe 1 o'clock, and uh, I made it to Springer Mountain. Um, which is like 8.8 miles. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to push on a couple more miles. I pushed on to the first shelter after that, which was another two and a half miles. And it was only maybe two or three o'clock at that point. I was like, you know, I think I feel pretty good. I'm going to keep pushing. So the first day I did like 16 miles. I got to camp like maybe an hour before it got dark. And I uh, set up and everything, put my food in the, uh, they had a bear box there at the first uh campsite at hawk mountain campsite that's why i stopped there and uh i cooked my food and it was everything was good because i it, i seen more tents close around me so i knew i wasn't alone so yeah. the alone factor didn't hit for a while and by the time i think it hit i was used to being in the woods so it didn't really matter at yeah. that point i guess yeah. Did you end up like the first night? Are you meeting people or talking? Like I know I always hear that the Appalachian Trail is a very social social trail. Um, is that? Did you find that true in your experience? Well, the first night I didn't I didn't talk to anybody. I talked to a couple guys when I stopped down at the shelter uh, for a little bit, and but I didn't really start really actually like uh, kind of starting to meet people and, and talk to them for an extended period of time to at least maybe probably around like the end of the first week. I, I met a couple guys, uh, at one shelter when I, you know, just like maybe during the lunch break I, and we passed each other on, I think 420 and they wanted to stop and smoke and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, I met them guys and it was the only guys I had met first, but as it progressed, I see how much of a social thing it was because I had, I, yeah. you know, me having no experience, I had no idea it was going to be such a social thing. I was thinking, oh, I could go in the woods and do my own thing. I don't yeah. have to be bothered with nobody. I can <laughs> decompress from all this, this social media, all this, this, this media stuff going on. And I can be out here in the wild by myself. But that, yeah, that, yeah, I, I found out I was wrong about yeah. that pretty quickly. Yeah. Is there, was there parts of the trail where you did find that? Like solitude? Yeah, more towards the north. Uh, because, okay. you know, only, I guess, what, 20 or 25% of people actually make it all the way through the trail. So Dang. the further you go north, you know, the more people start dropping off. The party crowds drop off like maybe a quarter of the way through okay. or a little bit more. Um, so, you, you know, one, and once you get up in the main, it's, it's kind of what you wanted to be. You can be around people if you want or, you know, I, I flip-flop my hike like with about 300 miles left so that made me come back and i was meeting all the people that i had maybe hiked with before and stuff like that but it was only in passing okay yeah that's cool man i was actually wondering about that when i was reading the article flip-flop i assumed it meant you you went up to the end and then walked back at a certain point correct i went up to gorham new hampshire uh and then i was just worried about the time because i was getting it in my head that at that point i was going to have to do at least 20 miles a day with no breaks, no days off, um, in order to make it by the supposed deadline, which is October 15th. Yeah. Um, which they extended that this year and everything, but I just didn't want to get all the way that far and have to turn around and not be able to finish because of the snow or whatever. Yeah. I hear you. That would so be, I, that would probably be pretty devastating if you got like 10 days out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. So was that, I mean, so you ended up walking down or south 300 miles and then you ended somewhere in New Hampshire? Yeah, back to uh, going New Hampshire. Nice. Nice, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out because I, I personally have never through hiked anything. Like I love hiking. I love going on the trails. I love being outside, but I've never attempted a, a through hike. And uh, man, I just wrapping my head around waking up every single morning for like five months and just walking all day, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy, man. It blows my mind. 
I mean, yeah, you just ain't went crazy enough. When when people drive you crazy enough, then it'll make a whole lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I was actually telling that to a buddy once. Um, you know, we were speaking about someone you knew who kind of seemed a little bit lost in life, like trying to figure out what exactly to do. And, you know, it was one of my suggestions. I was like, he should just seriously just drive to Georgia and start hiking on the Appalachian Trail because, and I know it's, I obviously know it's way more complicated than this, but I was like, at the end of the day, it comes down to putting one step in front of the other. You know, that's the only decision you're making ultimately. Like that's the main decision. Obviously, like I said, there's more detail to it, but. But now when you break it down to the essence, that's it. I mean, you know, cause you can always go home, yeah. you know, you can get up and you can go home any day you want to go. So, I mean, Nobody's forcing you to be there. So, I mean, it's it's, it's about that self-motivation, that determination, like, okay, it's time to get up and go. Yeah. You know? So if you got that in you, and I, I would suggest this for people that's, that's you know, kind of lost in life, you know, because it'll bring you back to what's really important. When you just out there and there's you in a backpack and that's all you got and all you got is yourself, some days, you know, and, you know, some people help you out here and there, but some days all you got is yourself, so. I mean that's that's a strong that's a strong confidence builder. I mean that's that builds everything, man. I think you know, and and also if you losing your faith in humanity, it helps with that too. Because when you get out there and see the actual community of people that's willing to help you without wanting anything in return, I mean it's just a, a total one eighty from society, and it's like okay, yeah, this is what it's all about. So yeah, I would suggest it to anybody. Yeah, man, it's that you. You know, on social media, we just have we're all kind of faceless almost in our communication. So it's it's different when you're face to face with people in reality, um, how they act mm-hmm. versus versus online. And that's that's an awesome yeah. that's an awesome reminder. Um, so, yeah, man, I wanted to kind of ask you a bit about just like kind of the day to day, but also just about any kind of wacky experiences you've had on the trail i mean what was <laughs> there was a part in the article that said uh newbie to hiker trash like was there <laughs> was there a specific moment where you were looking around and you're like i am now an official hiker <laughs> yeah oh yeah that that yeah that day man when uh i was going up over rowan mountain and uh man it was bad weather it was like really windy and like it was kind of like a a sleep atmosphere almost it was just it was terrible it was like super cold rain um and i had just came back from trail days in virginia um and when i went to trail days i wasn't there on the trail so i got a ride from Irwin, tennessee to damascus virginia so when we left i had to go back to Irwin, tennessee and continue my hike so when we got up to uh rowan mountain tennessee um it was just terrible weather, but I sent all my cold weather gear home in Damascus at trail days. So I didn't have anything, but basically a t-shirt and a little slim, thin frog togs jacket. Um, and I think a toboggan or something like that. So I was hiking with that and it was just like, man, it was just terrible weather. And, uh, I stopped, I found a, a bathroom like on the road crossing, uh, I stopped there to use the bathroom. I used the bathroom. And I was like debating whether I should go on and actually camp in that bathroom. Cause it was just, the weather was so terrible. And, uh, while I was sitting there contemplating my options, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of hungry. So I broke out a Snickers and I broke out a, a cup of Jif, uh, peanut butter to go <laughs> while I was sitting right there on the toilet where I just got through doing my business. And I sat there and ate it. And I was like, yeah, this is probably your lowest point so far, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah this this is it <laughs> yeah oh my god man did you and, end up going on yeah I, I kept moving uh and then you know like i think maybe a day after that when i really realized it was real uh i had on all because i had like two or three pair of pants um so i had those on i was trying to pee and i was trying to get my pants off pants down to pee on the trail off the side of the trail and it was by the time i got my pants down it was too late and i was like i just let it go and i was like you know after that i was like yeah it's just no shame out here <laughs> you know you got to kind of let your shame you gotta you, you gotta let it go you let your ego go yeah. um, that was one of my my main things out here that that was one of the things that i was like 
surprised about um, when I would meet people towards the end and they would still have ego. I'm like, how did you survive all this way with that ego? Yeah. How? You got to let that go. I don't I don't know how people were, were able to do that, you know, because like at some point you got to let it go and you got to realize like, yo, we just all the same out here. Yeah. We just dirty. <laughs> we just trying to find some clean water, something to eat and, and somewhere to lay our tent. And, you know, that's it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. What, uh, like what, do you feel like you've changed through the experience? Like, I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure you have just from the lessons you've learned, but I mean, is there anything that's like really kind of obvious where you're like, now this is how I'm going to respond in certain situations? Oh yeah. I would say I'm, I'm way calmer. Like before I was on edge because like, I think like I always talk about the misinformation that goes on in this era. It's so much misinformation. People see clickbait, they run with it. Yeah. So just that right there, me trying to like educate people and trying to be like, no man, that's wrong. Like that's false. That's fake. You know, like with the fake news type of thing, but yeah. me trying to beat that into people's head and seeing like I was the one losing out because people don't care. Like they were perfectly fine running around and living in, in that, in, in, in that like lie. Yeah. And me seeing through that lie, I was like wasting my time and wasting my life trying to convince people that didn't care. <laughs> so that right there, like looking back on that, I'm like, okay, I'm a lot calmer now. And now yeah. if you want to drive off that bridge, man, I'm like, I know you going off that bridge, but it's like, you want to go off that bridge. Yeah. And it's nothing I could tell you to stop you from going off that bridge. Yeah. Like, no, it's no matter how how eloquently I put it. What I say, you want to drive off that bridge, so I'm going to let you go. So yeah. that right there, just being at peace and letting people live their life the way they want and letting me live my life the way I want has brought me a, a, a better peace. Well, and you know, you know, man, like you're just probably based, like you can change people just by, you know, being your, like being brave, like you doing it, you doing actual actions, not necessarily saying something, you know, like convincing yeah. people with your actions is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an argument versus debate. Yeah. It's like, you never going to change nobody's opinion when you're arguing. Yeah. A debate is saying, okay, I can, I can give a little, I can take a little, you know, and that's, that's the, that's just the big difference of, of everything. Like I was out here trying to argue with people instead of debate with people. And that's the problem. Like you said, I can just live my life and give you a way better example of me trying to talk you, talk it to you and and, and like jam it in your head. Like, yeah. Well, when I was talking to my, to my friend and we're, we're talking about, you know, maybe getting our, our buddy to hike the Appalachian trail. Um, I just was talking about building that self-confidence and building momentum, you know, like so often we get kind of stuck in certain areas of our life and it's really hard to just start momentum back up. But I have to imagine going on a long hike builds the momentum, but then also builds self-confidence because now you know what you are capable of. Like no one else is, I mean, like you said, people helped you along the way and I'm sure, you know, people were excellent, but at the end of the day, you were the one making the decision to walk, you know? I mean, that, that has to build so much self-confidence in you. Oh yeah, definitely make you feel like you can do anything. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you just feel like you, you can conquer anything. I mean, because when you really sit, like, I don't think the full effect has even hit me. I don't know if it ever will. I was waiting on that moment where it'd be like, aha, like, <laughs> okay, bam. Yeah, but it never came. You know, it's like. Yeah. But when you really think about it, and, and people talk to you about it, and you're like, oh man, I kind of did something pretty big. You know, you don't really, I don't really see it as how big that other people see it. It's like, I, it was, it, cause it was every day for me, I guess. Yeah. You know, people see, man, you walk from Georgia to Maine, but I was like, well, yeah, it took me a long time though. <laughs> you know, so it was just, it was every day to me. It was like, it's like, when you see it, it's the highlight reel. But to me, it's like every day, you know, so it's, it's a different feeling. Yeah. But you definitely feel more confident that you can do anything. Yeah. Like if you're just putting your focus and your intention on one, one thing, you know, just imagine like what you can accomplish. It's, it's awesome. Do you, do you feel like you're, uh, 
your uh, role model now, like in your community or in your family or with your friend group? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, because I mean, just it's it's really not many black people that do this. I, I won't say it's not many black people to hype because it is, and I, I've learned that yeah. along this this trick. Um, that it, is a lot more than I knew. Yeah. Um, it was just I, I had no idea that they existed. Um, but I would say, yeah, for people that that come from the same kind of background as me, that that also doesn't doesn't know those type of groups exist. Um. And yeah, I would say I am because I mean, when they look at me, they probably look like, "Oh, I mean, I could do that. He did it, you know." So that's a good thing. I would, yeah. I, I want them to think that way, yeah. but I also want them to take take the the steps to to prepare yourself. But I would love people to think like that, and you know, that was my one of my missions when I started uh, actually filming my hike on YouTube and everything. I wanted to make sure that people seen like, "Yo, you can do this." Like. It can be done. Like I had no experience in this. It can be done. You just gotta actually go do it. You know. Yeah, yeah, man. That's that's awesome. What uh, what, what was your favorite state? These are just like the basic Appalachian Trail questions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no problem, no problem. Uh, I would say Maine. Yeah, Maine. It's the most beautiful state. Um, I would say probably the least regulations. Uh, it's just more laid back people. They nice people. Yeah. Um. That's yeah. I would say either Maine. It's it's it, the beauty of Maine. I would say is unmatched to any state I've ever visited. Just the untouched like aspect of it. It's like when you look around, you know people are not around there tearing stuff up. Like you know, it's it's no trash. It's it's like it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Um. So that's that's just hard to match. I would think. Yeah, man, you probably feel pretty secluded because I remember when I'd hike on the trail in Virginia, um, you know, there are some um, amazingly beautiful parts like uh, like McAfee Knob, um, the Grayson mm -hmm. Highlands. But you're still kind of in the distance. You can see buildings and you can see houses, you know, so it's, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's still like, I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful state, but I, I got to imagine Maine, you get that isolation which is just a completely different yeah. trip, I think. Definitely. And that's what I, I think I was searching for. I was like, I, I mean, I, I thought this was the whole trip was going to be. Yeah. But I had to wait all the way to the end to get that piece that I was searching for. But it was good because I learned so many lessons and got so much along the way. Yeah. It was like, man, was just a bonus. Yeah. Did you did you film every single day? Uh, For the most part. Yeah. Uh, it was a couple of days I didn't film here and there. Um, just, I just wasn't feeling it or, uh, like around, I think through the Shenandoah, I was having like just a bad time and I just didn't want to put all that negative energy yeah. out there to the people. What was, if you don't mind me asking, like, what was the, the bad, like what was the bad time? Was it just like, that's the part of the trip where you're like a third of the way through and you know, it's just, it, the end isn't in sight yet. Oh yeah, the Virginia Blues definitely. Like those <laughs> man, those miles to Virginia. <laughs> man, some some of them was terrible because yeah. it's like when you you finally hit that green tunnel, you're not getting any views. Oh yeah, and it's just the same thing. It's the same thing, and you want to have that 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 milestone to kind of keep you motivated. But there's no, it's like hard to find a milestone through Virginia. It's like you got to push those five hundred something miles, and it's like, yeah. You know, you want to get to where, oh, I got another state down, or oh, I got this down, you know, and I can keep moving. It's, those daily motivations help you push through. Yeah. So that was like, yeah, it was some bad times through through Shenandoah and those areas. Just, just man, Virginia was tough. Yeah, man. What uh, what did you do? Did you set little goals along the way? Did you have little celebrations to get you through it, or were you just like, you know, uh, anger anger hiking? Um, <laughs> Oh no, you know, you gotta every hundred miles, you know, you have your little celebration yeah. or when you get to this certain spot that you maybe saw like McAfee's knob or something that I saw on the YouTube videos, it's like, okay, I know that's a spot. Yeah. You know, that's that's a milestone, you know, those type of things. You know, you gotta set your goals or some days you just you just wing it, man. You just you know. It's like it, it you 'cause you gotta remember to enjoy the whole experience because you're getting caught up 
in those days, that's when you really got to just step back and say, oh, I'm getting caught up in the miles and what the people may think on YouTube. Or, yeah. Uh, so many different things, you know. Yeah. What kind of responses kind of were step back. What responses were you getting on YouTube? Oh, man. Every anything you can think of from Just you know it's what you most of on YouTube. 90% <laughs> of it was positive yeah yeah 90% yeah. was positive but you know you got your trolls they always gonna be there they always present yeah. Yeah. um but the the funniest thing about YouTube was that I didn't expect was that people would like actually chase me down on the trail that no was way. the weirdest thing to me yeah so you know it's like I had to start delaying my videos because uh, at first I was just putting them up wherever I was, I put them up. If I had good signal, I put them up. Oh yeah. And I found out that people were finding out, trying to pinpoint my location and like wanting to come out, maybe just help me or just come meet me or something like that. But it got weird because yeah. like <laughs> we're in the middle of the woods and you running up on me, hey black action. I'm like, hey, who the hell are you? You know. <laughs> so it's like, it, yeah, it's, it, that would get kind of weird. And then it would be like just just middle aged men or something like, and I'm like, and they're like. You my hero. I'm like me. Yeah, like <laughs> you're I'm like looking your behind hero. you. <laughs> you're looking behind you, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that kind of got a little weird, but yeah, you know, the other than that, the YouTube was was pretty. It's pretty good because it allowed people to. So I, I that that was a gift and a curse because I also didn't feel alone. Yeah. Um, because I had the YouTube followers with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so it was, it was a different height. Yeah, all together. I think. Which that might be good though. You know, you got some a little bit of external motivation there to keep pushing forward through the through the parts that are tough. True. Yeah, but I get it too, man. Like it does somewhat take you out of the moment when you're like, okay, I'm gonna film this and and trying to f- figure mm-hmm. out what you're gonna talk about and all that. But I think it's awesome, mm-hmm. man. Like as someone who hasn't hiked the trail, like I mean, have you ever thought about putting all these together in like one big edit? Well, yeah, but man, I I just know it's so it's so much work. Like yeah. I I wanted to reach out to people and get them to do it, but yeah. then it's like it's my baby too. So also, I don't want to put it in nobody's hands and they mess it up. Yeah, yeah. So it's that it's that thing right there, you know. So I've been trying to sit down and figure out a way I can actually do this yeah. <laughs> and put all those together in a playlist to where they're more digestible as far as like week by week or something like that. Yeah. Um, which I guess I'm going to probably start working on here pretty soon. Um, but it's just, it's just a process. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it's awesome that you did that. I'm, I've checked out a few of them, but you know, it makes, it makes me want to definitely check out the areas I've been, but you know, like you said, Maine and New Hampshire, like I hear those are absolutely gorgeous and you know, just checking out the views there. What was like when you first came upon like an amazing view, what, what was going through your head? Mm. Man, it was just, that was probably the second day, second or third day. Uh, it was just like, man, I'm actually out here doing this. Yeah. It was just the realization that I'm, I'm really out here, you know, uh, like it was, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was probably my first, like it was beautiful. That, that I know I know that day. That was the day that I went to uh Neil's Gap and uh I stopped at the at the, the place where everybody throws their shoes up in a tree and they quit. It's like thirty <laughs> miles in. That's yeah. where like maybe twenty percent of people quit or whatever and I stopped there, I got me a pizza and I just sat there and I looked at the the view. And I was so grateful to have that pizza from having just ramen for the past two or three days. Uh and just to be able to sit down and relax at a, I guess, like a, a, a civilization. Yeah. You know, because I was still getting used to being out in the woods. So it's like, okay, when I get some civilization, okay, let me enjoy this real quick, you know, so. Yeah. It was just, uh, I guess, a myriad of emotions, man. It was just, it's new. It was so new. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other, like, is there any particular spot on the trail that you just, like, absolutely blew you away? Yeah, Franconia Ridge, uh, up in New Hampshire in the Whites. Um, because I thought, you know, like, once again, I, me having no experience, I'm thinking that the whole trail is, like, spectacular views with yeah. mountains where you're walking above tree line. That wasn't the case. We didn't get above tree line until, I think, 
first the first time I guess was clean this dome like maybe around 200 miles in um and the second time was up there you know so it was like when I got up there and I got to that ridge and I could see 360 and I was actually above the clouds and I was sitting in the clouds it's like man I had to sit down and just like yo like um yeah it, it that was a surreal moment you that, know that looks beautiful I'm looking at pictures on I mean pictures probably don't even capture it but man how long does that ridge yeah. go on for? Is it a few miles? It's a it's a mile or two. Yeah, um, it's not super long. It's, yeah, it's a mile or two, something like that. Yeah, uh, but it just you know, once you get up there, it's like wow. You know, I sat up there at one spot for maybe an hour, and then I walked over all the way over to the other side, and I sat there for maybe another hour. Dang, it was just yeah. Wow, that's awesome. What a I mean, besides the owls, obviously, which I'm assuming you faced down an owl at one point and just overcame the fear. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no, no owls, no owls, man. I, I I got to the point where I cussed them out. Yeah. Uh, where they when they would perch above my tent or something like that, I would yell at them. Your call is weak. You're never gonna mate like that. You're weak. <laughs> and just I, I would run them off. You know what I'm saying? But it, that that was at the point where I just got too exhausted to be scared of them yeah you know but you they terrifying man they terrifying me. you would shame them about their mating calls pretty much <laughs> what I, a, I, that was a very effective tool yeah did you have any you know any other wildlife experiences because you know i think people who aren't hikers like you just assume and i did i was from i'm from iowa originally and when we moved to virginia I just assumed like going out in the woods meant I was going to run into a bear. Um, and then I quickly learned, I, I mean, I was in Virginia for three years and I never even saw a bear, but you know, mm-hmm. did that, did you have that perspective going in and, and you know, what were some of your wildlife encounters actually like? Man, I, I tried my best not to think about bears. Yeah. Um, I knew deep down I was going to run into them. I knew that, but I, I just tried to keep that out of my mind. It was funny because the last movie that I watched before I even left for the trail was a movie about a grizzly bear killing his couple. <laughs> uh, so I was like, that was the last movie I watched. So I was like, ah, that probably wasn't a good idea. Bad choice. But just, I mean, <laughs> coming out, I mean, I knew I was going to run into him yeah. um, at some point. But I also knew from being being down south from North Carolina, I know people hunt. So I know wherever people hunt, it's going to be less bears around because they know, yeah. you know, it, that gets ingrained in them. So some States I knew it was going to be more bear population. I knew we were going to have a higher potential of running into one, like in the Shenandoah where they're protected. They know they're not getting shot. Yeah. So they're going to be around there. You're going to run into them there. And I kept hearing that all the way along the trail. And I ran into quite a few yeah. uh, in the Shenandoah. Yeah. How was one it? stood up on me and sniffed me and all that. It was terrifying, actually. Yeah. That sounds pretty <laughs> you know, terrifying. Cause, yeah, because cause everybody told me, oh, they'll run away. they just like dogs. they run away and all this, that, and the third. And I was like, y'all lied to me. They didn't <laughs> run away. I'm black guy. I look different to them. They look at me like I'm one of their cousins. That's why they're not running away because they, yeah. they're trying to figure out who the hell I am and why the hell I'm not out there because they don't see many of me out here. <laughs> you know, I was, I was just, it was that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah the bears, bears were one thing. Uh, snakes were totally, that uh, yeah. was a, a total different thing. Agreed, man. You I know, saw, uh, I met my first copperhead in Virginia and it was, I saw probably like 10 because I'd go trail running every day. And man, oh, man, you'd almost step on them, and it scared the crap yeah. out of you every time. Yeah, I almost stepped on the copperhead uh, going towards uh, after I left the priest. Um, many people, I don't know if people know, the priest is like a a well known shelter. When you get up to there, you, they got this big log book that everybody writes their confessions in. Um, so it's like it's a bunch of confessions up there in the priest book. So it's kind of like a good good milestone on the trail. Yeah. Uh, but after leaving there, maybe a quarter mile down trail, I almost stepped on the copperhead. Uh, that's where all my all my poisonous my my venomous snakes were was in Virginia. Oh, I seen I seen one rattlesnake in uh, New York. Oh, really? But uh, yeah, all the other ones were in Virginia. Yeah, man, they're all in over there, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I just remember my first time. I didn't know that it was poisonous. You know, because Iowa, man, mm-hmm. nothing's gonna kill you in Iowa. 
um, except like, yeah. you know, a cow or something, a rogue cow. But, uh, <laughs> but I took, a, I went down and snapped a picture of it and I brought it into work and showed one of the ladies I worked with. And she's like, what the hell were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, oh, you don't get close with them. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah. Uh, did you see any moose? Like, you know, out in Colorado where I'm now, moose seem to be one of the most dangerous animals actually because they're fairly territorial and well, will charge you. Well, I saw, uh, I saw at one time go down feeding in a, a lake, but the only it felt like a a, a cheat code or something because. It was right off the road. It was yeah. right at Pinkham Notch, yeah. um, and it, it was like all these tourists lined up. So I kind of felt bad. I felt like I was cheating. I was like, ah, I don't think we should. We don't even deserve this right here. <laughs> um, but going through going through Maine, I didn't see uh, any moose, but I heard a lot of them. Yeah, they were they were run off. Uh, one night I was camped, uh, and I heard one walking down. I could I could tell it. After a while, I mean, you can kind of tell the difference of walking patterns of animals. Um, because in the Shenandoahs, I had a bear walk down by my tent and sniff all outside of my tent. And you could tell the difference because a bear comes and he crashes everything. He's just, he's not, he's, he's not graceful at all. Yeah. Um, deer, a little less graceful. Um, you can hear them. Moose, you can't really hear them. They move really well through the brush and the underbrush and stuff, but you can hear the weight of it. Yeah. And I heard the I heard just the the weight of it walking closer to my tent, and I was like, "Oh, damn!" You know, uh, yeah, that was that was that was a little trippy. But uh, I seen three. I, I I heard a lot more moving to get away from me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Well, to kind of wrap up here, just a couple like really quick questions, and then um, kind of our big one about what you know listeners can do who are inspired by your story. Um, what uh what's like <laughs> to you what's more soul satisfying sunrises or sunsets oh man i was thinking about that a couple of days ago really? oh man right. uh, yeah i'm not sure i want to say they both got they, they man they both got their points you know because sunsets you know they, they they're so beautiful and it's like them deep purples man is is real nice but like the sunrise, man, it's like the cotton candy sky, man. And, you know, the day is beginning. It's like, I don't know. I, it's hard to pick between those two, man, because they, they both got their points, man. They both got their strong points. Yeah. that's Dude, that's great. Yeah, that's it's funny. I was just – I was thinking about that this morning when I was driving to work and just, you know, you're looking at the sunrise and you're like, man, this is – it just blows your mind. And I think some people miss both those, you know, like – you can yeah. seriously just sit outside and watch those every single day and they're completely different. They'll blow you away. You know, they'll just kind of bring you back to the present moment. And, you know, some people, you know, I talked to some people and they're like, yeah, I haven't seen a sunrise in, you know, years at this point. Yeah. But they draw to work in it every day. They yeah. just miss it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just kind of zoned out. What, uh, have you ever hiked Linville Gorge? No. I, I plan on it. You should, man. Is it's, that is that part of the mountains to see? Uh, yeah. There's, I think there's part of it, but there's like a great like 18 mile loop. Um, it's I think it's uh east of Asheville, about 40 minutes. But man, it's okay. it's seriously one of the prettiest places I've ever been to. Okay. Um, yeah. I've been to the caverns, not the gorge, but I've been to the caverns. Yeah, 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 man. That that would be an excellent one. That's probably nearby you. Um. What was uh, cool. what was your favorite meal while you're hiking? Mm. Let me see. Fresh fish. Yeah, I carried a fishing pole. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people when I when I carried a fishing pole, a lot of people gave me crap on my YouTube. You never fish. It's never you never stop. <laughs> you never find a place. Yeah, and uh, I caught a lot of fish on the trip. <laughs> uh, you know, because basically I wanted to prove all those super wrong. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I caught a lot of fish on the trash. Uh, my favorite meal probably was coming through the hundred mile wilderness in Maine. Um, I stopped at a beach just for a break. Uh, broke out my pole. I started fishing. I said, well, I'll fish here for a minute. See if anybody comes by. Nobody ever came by. I caught a two pound, uh, smallmouth bass. And, uh, I set my camper right there on the beach shore. Um, 
started me a fire, cooked them right over the fire, had them. And, and that morning I had uh, stayed at a hostel. Uh, I found some grits in the hiker box all the way in Maine. That was the craziest thing because grits are hard to find up north. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a southern thing. So I, I found me some grits. Uh, so I sat out there and I had grits smallmouth bass and uh summer sausage right there on the beach that was probably my best meal that's awesome what uh, uh um so kind of to wrap up today what like if people listen to this and they're inspired by your story and inspired by what you were able to accomplish what's like an actionable thing they can do in their own lives to like pers- i mean their goal doesn't have to be as intense as hiking from georgia to maine but you know, like to go out and just achieve in their own lives, what could they do? Oh, man, you got to face that fear. Um, whatever it is that scares you, you better go ahead first of that um, because that's where, the, that's where the goodness lies. You know, I mean, it's, it's nothing lies in the comfort zone. You know, it's, it's good there, but nothing grows there. Don't nothing grow in the comfort zone, man. So you got to get outside of that and just really go face life. I mean, baby steps i mean you can take baby steps if you don't like the ocean man go to the beach you know just step a toe in that thing one time and then you know you go back next time you get waist deep but you i mean you got to take steps towards like the, you got to because i mean you're dying yeah. we all we all fail to realize that that's the honest truth that we dying like yeah like hair is dead hair cells are dead like skin cells they dying like so Ain't no reset button in this. Ain't no green little mushroom you can go jump on to get your extra man. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no reset button. It's, no, it's none of that. So, like, you better live this thing to the fullest. I mean, and, you know, just start off with baby steps, and then you go from there, you know? Yeah, man. That's perfect. That's a great great spot to end today. Um, good luck with whatever you're pursuing in the future. I know you'll you'll do great, and you'll find success in it. Thank you, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate this. I appreciate you for reaching out, man. Um, get me on this podcast, man. This is this is dope, man. I just want to kind of just just share my story, man. Just inspire other people, man. Keep, um, you yeah, know, keep sharing ask it. Me, yeah, yeah. People ask me what I want to prove or what I want to. You know, I don't. I don't have nothing to prove. I'm just here to inspire. You know, and yeah. just show people like regular guys can do whatever the hell they want to do. Regular women too, you know, because I've seen a lot of badass women out there that. They got it done on a solo hike. So, you know, that's always something to keep in mind, too. Men, women, you know, whatever your, your race, color, creed, religion, disability. I mean, I've seen a lot of disabled people out there. You know, I mean, it's just, it's no excuse, man. It's no excuse. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Daniel, thank you. You're awesome. And like I said, if you if you end up doing the the CDT, you know, I would love to, uh, to hike some miles with you, you know, get you, expose you to some... <clears throat> giant giant mountains out here yeah man yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to it I, i'll be out that way soon i'll be out that all way right. sooner than you think my man all right but, uh, chris man I, I definitely appreciate you man yeah definitely man thanks thanks a lot and uh yeah man we'll get back at you at some point all right man take care all right see ya all right, that wraps up the show, guys. Quick outro this week. Um, I just want to give a huge shout out, huge thanks to Daniel. Make sure you're checking out his YouTube page, his Instagram. He has a Facebook group too. It's the Black Elation. Um, all that, all the links will be in the show notes here. Uh, but yeah, guys, check it out. I love his message. If you're lost and you're completely stuck, or you're on a path that you don't really see leading anywhere, and you, you could, you know, you just you're just in that zombie mode. Do something outside the ordinary. Do something that is going to just completely blow your mind and change your life. Um, to me, the Appalachian Trail sound what sounds like a great a great place to be if you're especially if you just need some time to just re just relook at your life and think it think it through and think about where it's going and just have some time to just really consider that some quality time with yourself but you know you don't have to do anything that crazy like that's a five-month commitment you don't need to do a five-month commitment but maybe you just want to you know jump in jump in the pool you haven't swam in a while but you always thought that looked cool go do it right or maybe you want to just sign up for something to train for like 
maybe a CrossFit class or like a run or something like that. Just do it. Just sign up. You don't have to have any knowledge. You don't have to have any experience. Just sign up and get started. And that will give you the knowledge just by getting started and just by putting in some effort and doing something consistently, you gain the knowledge that you are seeking in the first place. It doesn't just, it just doesn't come all at once. It's something you have to work for. And anything really, in my opinion, anything in life that is worth accomplishing is something that's worth working for and something that you're going to have to work for. So just go in with that mindset, have an open mind, be like, what's this experience going to be like? I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this is going to go. All right. That's all I got this week. Uh, We'll get back at you next week. See you guys. Thanks for listening.